Welcome to this sermon from Silver Lake Baptist Church. Our mission is to celebrate the greatness of God with all we are for the joy, hope, and renewal of our community. We are so glad you have chosen to listen to our message. We pray you will be blessed by your time with us today. Morning again. If you haven't noticed, we're into December pretty well now. Like Letitia reminded me this morning, it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. With that, the commercialization of Christmas, it's easy to lose sight of the real reason for the season, right? To help us to maintain our focus, we're going to go on a little treasure hunt. We're going to act like archaeologists and find the hidden meaning, the hidden treasures. We're going to be searching for Christ in the uh, Christian meaning, hidden in the symbols of Christmas. Now, with a little reference to Star Wars, <laughs> these are the symbols you are looking for. These are the symbols we are looking for. So what about lights? Maybe? Pictures? <laughs> there you go. The lights of Christmas. Why do we put lights up on our tree? Why do we put lights on our houses? John 8, verse 12. Then Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. So Jesus is represented in the lights that we hang on our trees and hang in our, on our houses. They are beautiful to see and bright in the dark. When you have a beautiful, beautiful display like that, people come from far away to see it. Much like Jesus and those who came to see his light. What about the star? There you go. <clears throat> How can a star point us to a Christian meaning? Matthew 2, verses 1 and 2. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the day of Herod, the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have, not seen, we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. It was a sign. It was a sign from God. He put up a signpost that said, Come here, I have something for you to see. What about an angel? An angel appeared. That was funny. Anyway. Um, <laughs> so, what angelic announcement does the angel remind us of? Luke 2, verses 8 through 12. We're going to be jumping around a lot here. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them. And the glory of the Lord shone around the, about them. And they were so afraid. 
And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. The term angel literally means messenger. An angel appeared to Mary to announce the birth of her child. An angel appeared to Joseph, telling him that what was conceived in Mary was from the Holy Spirit. An angel appeared to the shepherds, announcing the birth of Christ. There are meanings to all we see during Christmas time. We see the symbols everywhere. My son Trinity was working on a project uh, that was about a kingdom and he was making a coat of arms. He was trying to figure out what symbols and colors and things like that to put on it. About what it represented. The kingdom, the kingship, the people who were in charge. Those symbols are a representation of what he is all about. Most of the time it represents strength and power. You see a sword and a boar and bear and all these things, a lion. But sometimes they represent sacrifice and promise. Think about the color red and usually what it means on flags and banners. White and blue. A lot of those colors we use for our decorations. Things like that. Kings always have signs and symbols for us to see them. Like a manger. A manger for the birth of the king of kings. Imagine that. Luke 2, verse 7. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Think about this. Our king, the king of this world, the king of the universe, laid in a feeding trough. But God provided all that he needed. The most basic need for our Lord Jesus after his birth was comfort and rest. A warm place to sleep and gain strength. Sometimes during this season, this time specifically, we need rest. We need to slow down. Rely on what God has provided. Take a look at a manger. A manger scene outside with Mary and Joseph and all the animals and things out there. And that should remind us that we need to slow down and rest in our Lord. Back to Luke verse 2, 18. Or verse 2, 8. And Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. He follows me and shall not walk in darkness. That's what we need to do is remember where that light comes from. Don't walk in the darkness of the, the time that this, this represents to a lot of people. They've lost hope. 
We need to show them that the hope is still there. And when we see those symbols, we think of the shepherds. Yeah, they are. <laughs> what about the shepherds? I remember when they were visited by the angel? They received the news first because a shepherd is the first to see the birth of a, na- a new lamb. They are the ones who are first to see the miracle and then take it upon themselves to protect it. They gather, one, they gather all the flock together and introduce this miracle to them and what it means to them. You know what? When they're so overjoyed at the birth of a new lamb, they want to tell everyone about it. And then, of course, bells. Bells will be ringing. (laughs) Exodus 28, verses 33 through 35. And upon its hem you shall make pomegranates of blue, purple, and scarlet. And all around its hem, and bells of gold between them, all around. A golden bell, and then a pomegranate. A golden bell and a pomegranate upon the hem of a robe all around and it shall be upon Aaron when he ministers and its sound will be heard when he goes into the holy place before the Lord and when he comes out that he may not die see they were used bells were used way early on on the hems of the priests when they uh, were visiting the holy of holies the Lord asked to have those on there so he can hear their presence. But the ringing of those bells that we see today are to announce it's Christmas. Christ is born. Let those bells ring. Should have had some bells ring up here. That would have been cool. (laughs) That the Holy Spirit is actually in our presence as well. That should be a ringing endorsement to our lives. His announcement that God is with us. That's what the bells should remind us of. How about Christmas tree? There it is. I tried to find the perfect Christmas tree to put on these pictures, but you know what? That doesn't matter. Why is the tree the focal point of Christmas? Born to die. Deuteronomy 21, verses 22 and 23. If a man has committed a sin deserving of death, he shall be put to death. And you hang him on a tree. His body shall not remain overnight on that tree, but you shall surely bury him that day, so that you do not defile the land which the Lord your God is giving you as an inheritance. For he who is hanged is accursed by God. Now think about the Christmas tree. We go and seek this perfect tree sometimes, especially when it's an actual living tree. Sometimes I know people spend hours out in the forest looking for that perfect tree. It's got to be full, a whole bunch of branches, things to hang ornaments on, 
Why does the tree have so many branches? Little sometimes questions that ponder in my head, and I don't know, I don't know about you. Romans 11, verses 16, 16 to 21. For the first fruits is holy. The lump is also holy. And if the root is holy, so are the branches. And if some of the branches were broken off, and you, being a wild olive tree, were grafted in among them, and with them became a partaker of the root and fatness of the olive. Do not boast against the branches, but if you do boast, remember that you do not support the root, but the root supports you. You will say then, branches were broken off that I might be grafted in. Well said, because of the unbelief, they were broken off, and you stand by faith. Do not be haughty, but fear. For if God did not spare the natural branches, he may not spare you either. That's what we are. We are the branches of the tree of God. We're not talking about the trees that were in the, uh, the garden. We're talking about Jesus. He's that root. We're grafted into him by our faith. Upon the tree, he will die for us, born to be a sacrifice. His light will shine from it. See, a Christmas tree was planted and grown only to be cut down and not only be used as a decoration, but again a symbol, a symbol of beauty and sacrifice. Like the tree, Christ was born and brought up only to be sacrificed for us. He is the tree, we are his branches. Upon the branches are his ornaments and the lights that we support. We proudly wear them. Upon the branches we show his magnification in that we are, again, his ornaments to be seen and, and to show his beauty. So what is the significance of an ornament? Yeah, there you go. <clears throat> Isaiah 61.10 I will great re- greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God. For he has covered or clothed me with garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness. As a bridegroom decks himself with ornaments and as a bride adorns herself with jewels. Like I said before, we are his ornaments. We show his love and sacrifice in our lives. For his light to shine on us and for us to reflect it. When we are so blessed, we just want to do what? Sing out loud. Sing about it. God has put a song in our hearts from the very beginning. We thank Jim and the choir for singing those beautiful Christmas songs. Christmas and music are synonymous. We can never think of this time of year without recalling Christmas 
and Christian music. What is the music of Christmas? To many children raised under the political correctness of today's public school systems, the music of Christmas is different than the Christmas you and I grew up with. Go to a child's school Christmas program, and here's what you probably would hear. Jingle bells, deck the halls, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, Frosty the Snowman, etc., etc. When someone asked an elementary age uh, children, uh, child to name some Christmas carols, not one was about Jesus. All of them were secular in nature. and In fact, they didn't even know the words to songs like Away in a Manger or Joy to the World. So what are the songs of Christmas? Christmas is about the birth of Jesus, isn't it? It's about Joseph and Mary. It's about all the shepherds, the wise men. It's about the story of Christ's birth. It's the story that's told in Matthew and Luke. It's about Bethlehem, a stable and a manger. It's about Jesus coming to this earth and taking the form of man. Much of what we believe about Jesus is wrapped up in the songs of Christmas. Now I'm not opposed to belting out a little deck to hall now and then, Rudolph, as when I was a kid too, or a little Blue Christmas by Elvis. <coughs> I sing that a lot. Nope, nothing wrong with that. So let's look at some of the more familiar and well-known Christmas carols and the scriptures they are based upon. Joy to the World. In 1719, Isaac Watts wrote a hymn that came to be entitled Joy to the World. You almost can't help but sing it when you say it. It is one of the most beloved Christmas carols because it really captures the essence of Christmas, which is joy. For Christmas isn't just joy to America. It's not joy to a nation. It's not joy to the Caucasian. It's not about racial joy. It's not joy to the West. It's not a cultural joy. It's not joy to the rich. It's not a financial joy. It's not joy to the educated. It's not an intellectual joy. It's not joy to the happy. It's not an emotional joy. It's not joy to the healthy. It's not a physical joy. It is joy to the world. It is universal joy. Isaiah 9, 6. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. For unto us a child is born. That child is our Lord and Savior, born of the sinful flesh, in the likeness of men, poor and of no reputation. Unto us a son is given. He's the only begotten Son of God, sent to us by the Father for all mankind. And the government shall be upon his shoulder, the burdens that will be heaped upon him, given to him to rule, both here on earth and in heaven. The church 
and the world will benefit. But where does he come from? Oh, little town of Bethlehem. Philip Philip Brooks wrote this song for his Sunday school children after he visited Jerusalem in 1865. Brooks traveled on horseback between Jerusalem and Bethlehem. He wrote, Before dark we rode out of town to the field where they say the shepherds saw the star. It is a fenced piece of ground with a cave in it, which, strangely enough, they put the shepherds somewhere, somewhere in those fields. In the fields we rode through, the shepherds must have been. As we passed, the shepherds were still keeping watch over their flocks or leading them home to fold. Imagine riding through Jerusalem on Christmas. And then you come around this corner and you see shepherds still doing the same thing they were doing when when Jesus was born. If that's not inspiration enough, that is that that this happened. This truly happened. What would it inspire you to do? Sing a song, write about it. Micah 5.2 says, But you, brethren, Euphrata, through you a little are little among the thousands of Judea. Yet out of, the, out of you shall come forth to me the one to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth are from old, from everlasting. It's simply that out of Bethlehem, we will be blessed with the one and only Messiah. His story was from the beginning of time and will last forever. Luke 2, 7, 2, verses 1 through 7, verse 1 through 7. And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. The census first registered everyone to his own city. Joseph, oh, sorry, wrong one. <laughs> took place of Quirin, it took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there were no room for him, for them in the inn. Remember, this was fulfilling a prophecy that was told long ago that a Messiah would come out of Bethlehem. Caesar was just doing his part, moving people to where God wanted them to be. How about the song Emmanuel? Isaiah 7, verse 14. Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. 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 His name is called Emmanuel. God with us. Revealed in us. Emmanuel. He was sent to us 
He was sent for us. What has he revealed in us that we cannot live without him? We need him. When we do, we just need to ask because he is here with us. So what should we sing about? The songs we sing are all about worship. We just sang this one. O come all ye faithful. It was originally written in Latin as andeste fidelis, which means be present or near ye faithful. It is a Christmas carol attributed to various authors, including John Francis Wade, uh, John Redding, even King John IV of Portugal. The earliest printed version is in the book published by Wade, but the earliest manuscript bears the name King John IV. The manuscript by Wade in 1751 originally had four verses, but was extended to eight and translated into many, many languages. Kind of fitting it was since it calls for all faithful to come. Matthew 2, verses 1 through 11. Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. When Herod the king heard these things, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. And they said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus is, the, is written by the prophets. And thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judea, and not the least among the princes of Judea, for out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. When Herod, when, <clears throat> then Herod, when he had privily called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. Sounds like somebody was nervous, right? And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the young child, and when ye have found him, bring word again, that I may come and worship him also. When they had heard the king, they departed, and lo, the star, which they saw in the east, went before them, till it came and stood over where the young child was. When, the, when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they were come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold, frankincense, frankincense and myrrh. So what is this hymn all about? Worship. Listen to these words. I'll try not to mess them up. Verse 1. O come all ye faithful, joyful and triumphant. O come ye, O come ye to Bethlehem. Come and behold him, born the king of angels. Verse 2. O sing, choir of angels, sing in exultation. O sing ye, bright hosts of heaven above. Glory to God, glory in the highest. Verse 3 says, O ye, Lord, we greet thee. Born this happy morning, 
O Jesus, to thee be all glory. O come, let us adore him, Christ the Lord. That's worship. Where was he in? What was he in? Away in a manger. One of the most beloved carols ever, its actual history is a little obscure, whether it be German or English or American. But most would agree that the most common musical settings are by William J. Kirkpatrick back in 1885. Starts from Luke 2, verses 6 and 7. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Away in a manger, no crib for a bed. The little Lord Jesus laid down his sweet head. The stars in the sky looked down where he lay, the little Lord Jesus asleep on the hay. No crib for a bed. There was no room for Jesus. This song was inspired really in that second verse. A single verse which tells us Jesus was laid in a manger and because there was no room for him or them in the inn. For there was, for the time, from the time he was born until he died, the world had no room for Jesus. He was born in a borrowed stable, laid in a borrowed manger, lived in a borrowed home, died and was buried in a borrowed tomb, and wrapped in borrowed clothes. You see, this world that really hasn't changed in 2,000 years, in the hearts and lives of the millions today, there is no room for Jesus. Oh, there might be room for a little baby in a manger scene, but there's no room for the Jesus that came to save us, to die for us, to die for our sins. Is there room for Jesus in your life? Have you accepted him as your savior or is there no room for Jesus in your life? We hope that as time goes on, we need to remember that most important things, that these things that we take for granted in this time of year, that we are loved by a Lord who wants us to be with him. We need and should want him in our lives and the lives of, who, of all who don't know him. Those who think incorrectly about Christmas and all the symbols and songs. As we decorate, we have music on in our hearts and in the background. We sing about Jesus. That's worship. That we haven't forgot about what these things all mean. We need to remind others about these things. We need to tell those things from the highest peak. The message of Jesus inspires us to sing it from the highest mountains. Go tell it on the mountain. We don't always think of this one as a Christmas song, but it is. It tells us about the shepherd's experience and what they had seen how the news of the Savior had been born, and we are blessed for it. 
Again, going back to Luke 2, verses 8 through 18. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone around about them. And they were so afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. Remember all these things. The shepherd, the angel, the light. These are all for us to remember. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the, with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made us known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad, saying, which was told to them concerning this child. And all that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. Go tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is born. You see, not just this Christmas, but every Christmas, be like the shepherds and share Jesus without fear. So just in these little things that we've looked at, have you found a little bit of treasure? Have you found the treasure of Christ? Have you placed your faith in God for your salvation? Or are you trusting in yourself? God has given you, through the birth and death of His Son, the greatest gift you could ever receive. All you have to do is accept it. That's what the gift exchange should be all about. We should remember not the representation of the gifts the wise men gave Jesus when they met him, but the gift that Jesus gave for his love and sacrifice, the gift of eternal life in exchange for your trust and belief in him. That's the exchange. So again, when we look at this time of year, we think about all the pretty decorations and all the things and sometimes that perfect Christmas tree. There is only one perfect tree and that was Jesus. We need to remember that each and every moment. When our lives get a little hectic, when our lives get too busy because we're so forced into the commercialization of this time of year. Slow down. Think about that manger and that little baby. What he represents. What he was to give us that we still celebrate 2,000 years later. And that we will continue to celebrate until he comes back and saves us all again. And that is the birth and death and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's pray.
Father, Lord, thank you again for this opportunity to step away from our normal routines and to remember who you are and what you mean to us, why you were given to us, how you were given to us. These stories were told and told again, but they were told and told again for us to remember, never forget that we have salvation in, in, the, in the being of, Je- of Jesus Christ, that you loved us, loved us so much that you gave us your son, and he loved us so much that he sacrificed himself willingly. Lord, bless us as we continue on with uh, this Christmas season. We hope and pray that, again, that uh, your message is not lost anywhere when we're around, that we do shine your light upon your ornaments, which is your children. And we thank you for the time to come. Bless us the rest of this week, the rest of this month, and joyful new year as it comes. And we pray this always in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to learn more about us, check out our website at www.silverlakebaptist.org.